So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode three of season five, Life After Lockup. On this episode, Derek and Monique's sisters brawl, Chance tries to impress his son, Ethan, Puppy tries to plan an escape from Eric, Justine and Michael take votes on where to move with the kids, and Sarah gets a consultation for breast augmentation. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating, and if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK. Teachable moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, they're going pretty good. I mean, we're halfway through March. Uh, daylight saving time happened. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like home stretch for spring, right? Yeah, I think, feel like daylight saving is weird because. Um, like everybody gets all excited about it. It's nice to have light after work and everything. Oh, I love it. But it, it. just it means we all go to work an hour earlier than we did yesterday, than we did yeah, on Friday. Yeah, I mean the sleep uh, adjustment sucks, <laughs> but I mean once you get past that, I, I like it being lighter later. Yeah. I mean it, yeah. And I think it's one of those things that I think people like it, but I don't think it makes as big of a difference as people want it to because I think people just like that there's more light. And that doesn't happen because like we that. adjust the clocks. It happened because of astronomy. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's kind of move into, you know, maybe things are brighter on the horizon here. And that's Sarah and Sean. So Sarah wakes up to an empty crib and she smiles to see that John is actually feeding their daughter. Sarah says if things continue on the path that they were on, they would be separating soon. Sean is really trying to prove that he can do more as he tells Sarah he was going to start doing the dishes. Sarah tells him she doesn't want to be a nagging wife. And Sean says he didn't realize he was doing the things that she said, and it's a new day. Sean tells us that he spent all night thinking about what she said, and now he's scared that he could lose her. He apologizes to her for how he treated her. Sarah says that she appreciates the baby steps, and she hopes that he follows through and doesn't just say what she wants to hear. Sarah says that she enjoys what she does as a wife and a mom, but she also wants to prioritize their relationship and wants him to as well. Sean says that he doesn't feel like he's walked out on his kids and, you know, he just can't get back those years. So he feels good that they want to spend time with him, you know, playing video games. So that's part of the reason why he's made them a priority. Sarah says he needs to be more conscious of everything. Sarah feels like this is a breakthrough and things are on a better track. Sarah says she's going to hold off telling Sean she's been talking to Anthony for now. Sean and Sarah then go to a consultation for a breast augmentation surgery. Sarah says she's been feeling unsexy after having kids and she wants to look like Sean's video games. Sean says that they could use the money and really feels like, you know, he doesn't want to spend it on this and he wonders what's changed with Sarah. He says that he's not a jealous person, but he feels like she's out of his league. And once she gets her boobs done, he's nervous of all the attention she'll get. He also wonders, like, what's changed that Sarah is feeling so unconfident? Later, Sarah's talking with her mom about Anthony. Her mom seems to support Anthony being in his daughter's life, kind of, but only if he's going to be consistent. 
So uh, what do you think about, you know, Sarah and Sean? Like, do you think that Sean is going to follow through and be consistent? Or is this, are they just doing the same thing? This is the same cycle. No, it's the same cycle. Like, this is this is the try hard for a week. And then mm-hmm. as soon as he thinks things are better, immediately start sliding back into what exactly what he was doing before. That he's been doing that same cycle for 20 years. Right. right? We know the cycle. And, and so I... This is definitely the try hard uh, honeymoon kind of phase. Like, oh, things are going bad. So let me tell her that I'll. And you said he was like going to do the dishes. He didn't even say he was going to do the dishes. He said he was going to attempt to do the dishes. Oh god! And I'm like, <laughs> the dishes are not that complicated that you need to attempt them. Like, come on, man, just do the dishes. Right, right. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, he certainly doesn't seem like someone who wants to put in much effort for anything. And it's not because he doesn't want things to change. Like, I do think he worries about losing Sarah, especially when she's talking to him like this and, you know, Mm -hmm. having these conversations. But I just think he's a really lazy guy. He's like, what is the smallest amount that I can do to not be in trouble, to make it so people aren't hounding me for things, to get pretty much everyone off my back? What is the smallest amount I have to do? Yeah. And he's going to hold that like, you don't do anything. He's like, remember that time I fed the kid? Remember that time? He's going to like be doing that for like weeks. He's going to be milking this. Right. In terms of like, I think if you would have asked him before, like when he was playing, coming home and playing video games, like what percent Mm -hmm. of the work do you do around the house? I don't think he would say 50-50. I think he would say, oh, she does more. She doesn't work. I work. But it's probably like, you know, 70-30. Or something like that. When in reality, oh, it probably was like, that. yeah, he would say it was seventy thirty. Yeah, in reality, it's like it's like ninety five five or something right, like that. Right? Because I was going to say, it, I think it was very telling that he just he saw that big chunk of cookie he let fall on the floor, just leaves it and walks away. It's like, okay, you're just gonna live like that. Yeah. Well, you it's easy to live like that when you know somebody else is going to pick it up. Like, whatever, right. I'll get it later. Which is interesting, too, because I wouldn't necessarily have got the impression that Sean was, like, a slob, right? Because we saw when Destiny moved into his home when he was back in Vegas that that was actually a pretty well-kept house. You know, it wasn't, like, this disgusting bachelor pad. For sure. That was, yeah, yeah. like, you know, messy or dirty, you know, but... And so, like, I don't think of Sean as being a particularly messy, dirty person. So it's like now that he's got Sarah around, it's all of a sudden he's just going to be like, whatever, it'll get clean. Like, he just doesn't take it. I don't take him to be that kind of guy. So it's weird to see him just be like, I don't know, doing the opposite. Like, you're being counterproductive to having a clean home. Well, I mean, he was trying to lock down Destiny. Like, I think he just gets lazier as like yeah the prospect of of him being with somebody becomes more solid it's just like well, well okay and it's, and i really do think that's it i think it comes down to destiny he didn't know he knew that if he can he can be a mess and leave a mess and sarah's gonna clean it up after him then well okay no somebody else did it i didn't have to do it right i i can certainly see that because i yeah. can also see him being the kind of person and i'm not that i'm unlike this who doesn't do the dishes like right after they eat and doesn't yeah. like either like that night or the next the next morning. Mm-hmm. That tends to be me. Um, and it's real easy 
to kind of fall into a pattern where your partner is not that person and they're the kind of person that cleans up right after dinner. And yeah. so you can be like, well, I was going to do the dishes tonight, like, but you just just did it. So what am I to do? Like you just took care right. of it. It got done. And so, you know, I was going to come get that cookie crumb later. I just didn't want to deal with it right now. So it's, it's not like my fault that you It's like literally though, like bending over and picking it up. Like it's so ridiculous. Like I, I get it because I am like you, Mr. O, where I am also the kind of person who would be like, oh, I'll just like – put it in the sink for now. Like, I'll rinse it out. I'll put it in the sink. Like, I'll deal with it later. I'm certainly that person. And my partner is not like that. He is the after dinner, let's clean everything up and wipe everything down. It's just like, no, I'm tired. I don't want to do that <laughs> yeah, right just now. I just had to make dinner and I ate. Now I'm full. I don't want to do the dishes. Yeah. Right, right. So, I mean, I'm not saying there's either one is wrong or anything, but like. Right. I, but it's it's a very easy pattern to get into to not kind of respect your partner's wanting to do it right away. And therefore, if you don't, you're like, I'll do it. If the dishes are need to be done at the end of the night, I'll do them. Then you'll never have to be the one that does the dishes. Right. right. I do think that's pretty common, though. And especially when you hear about like, you know, the very cliche, like nagging partner. Right? right. It's usually not because the person isn't doing it. It's because the person isn't doing it on the other person's timeline. Right. Right. I mean, yes and no. I definitely know people who like would not do it without being like nagged. Totally. And he even, even, even he said that like last time. Mm-hmm. Sean to think, well, all you have to do is ask, and she's like, I don't want to have that. That's another super cliche thing that comes that yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah. But um, what'd you think about her uh, the boob job prospect here? Uh, I don't know. I mean. Who are you doing it for exactly? I just – I don't know. I mean, I personally don't have a boob job. I'm surrounded by people who do. Yeah. I don't personally get it too much. But at the same time, I'm not going to judge you for getting it done. I do think that if your partner is kind of insistent for whatever reason, because it sounds like Sean has a couple of ulterior motives. One, he'd rather not spend the money on that. For sure. Um, the other being like he's not trying to invite more attention to Sarah. Sure. So, I mean, there's a couple reasons. So it's like, well, you know, if your partner doesn't really care, it really what is the root problem? I think the root problem is is she feels unsexy because Sean is neglecting her. Right. And so it's like, why don't you fix that rather than getting a boob job? Right. Yeah. It's, you know, like if Sean is neglecting you and this is like the root feeling the root cause here it's like well let's because i don't think a boob job is going to make her feel any more sexy at least with sean i mean she might feel more sexy because she's getting more attention in general yeah i think i I do think and we saw it in 90 day yara did the same thing i definitely think it's a thing for especially new moms right sure who when you have that and your boobs get big when you're breastfeeding and you're like oh i kind of like this this is nice and mm-hmm. then all they, – they just go away and completely deflate. And you're like, no, this is awful. This is – no, mm-hmm. this is terrible. This, I liked it the way that was before. Bring that yeah. back, right? And so I do think – it did seem to me like she was doing it more for her. But it kind mm-hmm. of annoys me when they – and we've seen this a couple times too. The, they're always like with their partner. They're like, whatever. You like big boobs. You'll like it. Shut up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't necessarily like that. Like I like – you know, like the partner's big, but I 
don't. I don't know that I'll like I it better. I don't know because what we've seen on 90 Day Fiance is they, you know, the partners are all, all, never seem to be for it. But then when it happens, they're like, yeah, I like it. I don't know. I just I, – I mean it's, that's a person. it's another personal preference thing. I just don't like the way they feel. So mm-hmm. I'm like I don't like – I don't know that I would like it. Um, and and But I mean to be fair, the ones we're talking about were like, people who definitely had their fair share of being really into them on other women. <laughs> like, yeah. And so yeah. you know, it's hard to say that that's a personal preference thing. And I don't know if it's Sean – Pays enough attention that he just would know anything besides bigger. Those are big. I like I like them because they're big. Big. Yeah, I I don't really know. I I don't even know if Sean really has like a type. You know, because if you look at Destiny, Kelly, Sarah, I mean, what do they really have in common? Not really Short? a whole lot. No, yeah, tra- <laughs> sure. But like other than that, they all have different bodies. Um, yeah. they're they all have different faces. Different hair. Yeah, different hair. So it's like I don't I don't really know if he has like a type for you to say like right. type is who's gonna give him attention back. Basically, yes, yes. Yeah. Who 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 can I get it from? There we go. That's what yeah. I want. All right. So let's go let's move on to a shorter one. Let's go to Amber and Puppy. So Amber is having some breakfast with her friend Queen, who tells and she tells her all about the things that happened in the first two episodes so far. With her, you know, getting in a fight with TC over puppy and is our puppy and Eric drug dealers, blah, 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 blah. So Queen is like, I know whose fault this is. Eric's. Everything's Eric's fault. So they've been – Amber and Puppy have been, you know, or or everybody has been beefing with him since, since he's been around. And Puppy doesn't seem like she's happy as long as she's been with him. So they kind of call Puppy from the diner they're in. And on this phone call, Puppy tells Amber that she found out that Eric had cheated on her with her with his ex Heather. So she's heartbroken and she, you know, kind of has receipts. It sounds like Heather was doing that thing where she was like, I'm gonna break you guys up. Guess what? He slept with me. And I'm gonna call him and put you on a three-way call so he can confirm without you knowing you're listening. So she's heartbroken, but doesn't know how she can break things off because she doesn't have anywhere to go. Like, so her plan is to try to put together a, a plan and to figure out a way to leave without him knowing. Because she she knows that he'll try to stop her when she when he when she does. So we stick with Puppy after the phone call, and then when Eric comes home, so they kind of fight, but have one of those not fights. Are you sure that's what, like about going to her mom's? I was going to go over to my mom's. Are you sure that's what we're doing? Why you still want to do that? All right, um, because and that's because um, it's already not a fight because that when we see was him coming home from the night before. Um, he was out all night and he – she kind of – this is the – I guess he was literally with his ex last night is what I mm-hmm. gathered from what they were saying. So he knows that Heather had called her but he doesn't know about the sneaky three-way call where she heard about him basically admit it. Like, it was very clear that he was like, oh, I shouldn't have fucked you last night. Like that kind of like – <laughs> Very much, very much admitted it, right? Um so she said there's the, – she says there's nothing to fight or talk about anyway. She's done. She just fe- needs to figure out how to get out. So she tells us that the reason she was waiting for him to go visit his mom is because he won't let her have a car because he's scared if she if he lets her have a car, she'll leave and never come back. So they get to her mom Kathy's house and sit around in the backyard. So she asks what their plans are for the future now that the divorce is final and Eric says that Heather is trying to insert herself into the situation. But – you know, that's done. It's over that. Her, him and Puppy are golden. 
So Eric gets up to, I don't know, use the bathroom or something. And Kathy kind of suspects already that something's wrong. So Puppy tells her how she knows what happened and he cheated on her. And it just happened last night, so she doesn't really have a plan yet. So Kathy lets her know that she's there for her. And when Eric comes back, he's just like – doesn't even come back. He just like walks out of the house and is like, all right, time to go. Let's go. All right. So uh, do you think she's going to be able to ever leave or do you think he's going to like force or sweet talk his way to her staying even even when she knows this? I feel so bad for her. This guy seems like terrible news. He just seems like uh, so abusive. Yeah. Like, you know, because that's like what an abuser does. And I'm not – 100% certain that he's actually abusing her in any specific way. But this is abusive behavior. Isolating someone, putting them in a situation where they can't, like, physically leave. Like, it's almost like, is he holding her against her will? It's scary. Like, when I hear these segments, it's like, I'm scared for her. And it's just like, run! I want her to be able to leave and I, you know, I don't know why she doesn't just parole back to her mom's house because I think the whole reason why she kind of left there was because she was having issues with Amber and Amber was at that house. But Amber isn't there anymore. So there is no reason why she can't go back to her mom. And I don't understand why she feels like she's stuck with Eric. Yeah, I guess I don't quite either. It seems like I don't have any place to go, but it seems like her mom's house is a pretty um, obvious solution to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think part of that is, is she, I think she wants to leave. And because it sounds like you're right, it sounds abusive. The idea, mm-hmm. he won't let me have a car because he's afraid I'll run away. Yeah. Like, that's like kidnapping. Like right. that's, that's awful. Like of all the reasons, the, oh, we couldn't afford two cars. He has right. the car all the time. Yeah. You get that. But literally he's like, oh, he's afraid if I'll have a car, I'll leave him. And it's like, that's, I know. It's super alarming. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is your life. Like, yeah, you should not- really reevaluate things. But, I mean, I think she's reevaluated and that that's what's so scary. It's like it just seems like she really needs to be referred to, you know, like those um, organizations that help women escape their abusers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree because it's like he, he does seem like and let's and let's be fair, like. He can say, oh, I'm supposed to be the one who provides for you like uh, that's how a man is like he did mm-hmm. last time. But the reason he doesn't want her to have a job is because that gives her too much independence. That gives right. her too much of a way out, right? Yeah. And I get you know, that some people have anxiety about like being able to um, – you know, about, about their partners leaving them and they're like, well, I have a past where my partner's left with me. And it's like that's a you problem, yeah. right? That's not something you get to be like, well, you know, I've had partners that snuck around on me and did some shady stuff and left me and kind of ghosted me. So I'm going to control you like you're a, like you're a, a, a dog, like, right. like literally a dog. Like I'm going to keep you track of you. I might even put a tracker on you and I'm going to make sure you don't have a way to even get a ride anywhere else. So make sure I know where you are all the time. That's not a reasonable um, way reaction to yeah. being mistreated yourself. Yeah, I mean, to me, what seems like the obvious escape plan would be just to pack up all her stuff, which it just seems like she literally has clothes, right? right? So pack up all her clothes and like garbage bags or something, have Amber come pick you up, and you could do this while he's at work or being shady, like off with his ex-wife overnight. Yes, all the times he just randomly doesn't come back all night long. Yeah. And that to me is like, 
that that is also the part where like no this can't be just about his anxieties about stuff because if mm-hmm. it, it just it's also ridiculous unreasonable if you're afraid that someone's just gonna up and leave you and ghost you to just leave for an entire night and come back and right. be like what's the big deal shut up like well I feel like he's also doing that thing where he never tells her where he is so she's scared that he could come back at any minute oh yeah for sure for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's it's just uh, – it makes me so sad and I just want her to get out of that situation. I mean, I'm not saying that Eric is a drug dealer. I'm not saying that he's actually an abuser, but he comes off as just this really shady guy who's capable of those things. And quite frankly, I'm kind of scared of him. Yeah, I, I me too. Like he, I, I don't know – I don't know what he's capable of. At mm-hmm. all, right? Because yeah, he just any it, it just anytime the person's like, I'm not going to talk about my you. You don't need to know about that. Yeah, that, that, that's something I need to know. You don't like that's already a suspect thing, and now we add on to this this abusive pattern of behavior. Right, right. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's not good news. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of patterns, let's move on to Monique and Derek. So Monique is warning his sisters that they better be on their best behavior today. They're all going to be meeting up with Monique and her sisters because Derek is planning on having a big 30th birthday and he wants everyone to make peace so that way they can all be a part of the celebration. Abriana, one of Derek's sisters, is wondering if both of Monique's sisters are coming so it will be an even fight, as she puts it. Monique is wondering what the real issue is with Derek's sisters. And Calandra, one of Monique's sisters, said that they started it by starting the whole social media beef. Derek's sisters claim that Calandra is the one that started it. And an argument ensues with Derek and the sisters because they're insisting that Derek should check Monique. Derek is frustrated and pulls over and leaves the car saying that, you know, having this meetup is going to be pointless. But Abriana jumps into the driver's seat and tries to get Derek in the car. Elizabeth, Derek's other sister, says she's not trying to fight with her nails. Elizabeth says that Monique is the one who started uh, this whole thing with all those catfishing pictures. Okay, finally, after everybody's kind of talking about this fight, they all meet up and Sylvia and Elizabeth get into it as Monique and everyone else just kind of look on. So it's really Sylvia and Elizabeth at first. So they argue about who said what on social media first and who started it. And then things get petty as they make fun of each other's lashes, nails, hairs, clothes, you know, intelligence, whatever. Everything. It's just a lot of yelling. It's very hard to really make. Parse what anybody was saying for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just a lot of yelling. A lot of bitch and, you know, I'll fight you. So Derek cannot believe that they're holding a grudge from things that happened over a month ago. So there's a lot of yelling until Elizabeth starts to take off her pink mink to fight. But then Derek is trying to physically get between everyone and ends up getting shoved by Elizabeth a few times. But Elizabeth finally goes to the car and then continues to yell out the window. And Sylvia invites her to fight. She's pretty much taunting Elizabeth, saying, you know, if you wanted to fight, you'd fight. Because so far, it's only been verbal arguments. So Elizabeth obliges. She gets out of the car and basically charges at Sylvia. She just starts swinging 
at Sylvia, and then it was hard to really see what happened, but then all of a sudden you see Sylvia and Aubriana, and they're just fighting, which is really ridiculous because um, Aubriana is tiny compared tiny. to Sylvia. So it was like she was trying to swing up in the air, like above her head, and it was just not very productive. And uh, security comes running in, and Derek, and it's just a big mob, and they're just trying to break everything up. And then uh, as uh, Monique and her sisters are getting in the car to drive away, we see Elizabeth, who's literally laying down on the ground and she's heavily breathing as everyone just, you know, tries to drive off. All right. So why does everyone think that just getting together is the solution? Because obviously it's not. These people do not belong in the same room. No, they are both pretty ridiculous. And I feel like he should have – he kind of did get the hint when he just brought up the meeting and they started screaming at him and like caused him to have to pull over the car and get out. Right. You'd think like, yeah, this is not going to go well because yeah. they're just like screaming like, it's not going to be us. It's gonna, we're, we're not going to be the ones who cause a problem. Them bitches are going to cause a problem because they're such bitches. And I'm like, OK, you're doing it right now. You're already fighting with someone who's not even here right. and blaming them for fighting. It doesn't make any sense at all. No. And I don't even know how they convinced Derek to get back in the car after all that. You know, it's know like either. I would not trust Elizabeth not to fight. I don't care how good her nails are looking today. You know, it's like I don't know why Derek bought that. No, it was it was like this. This. Well, I, I don't know if, it, if she would back down, but I didn't think she. Oh, there's nothing about her presentation ever that said if somebody challenged her to a fight, she'd be like, I would. But my nails are good and I'm t- p- tapping out of this one. Right. Like, no. Yeah, she's the one who started charging Thong out. Oh, my God. Like, it was completely blurred because it her dress had basically her- come up to her waist and she's just like, whatever. Yeah, it was completely up to her waist. Her entire yeah. bottom was hanging out. But when she she wears the shortest skirts like I think I've ever seen on anyone that tall. Like, yeah, and just, she was charging, so she was running. It makes sense why her skirt she was, was like running, no and, then, longer and then there was like lunging down. and stuff. And then of course she's the one who is, ends up on the ground doing the heavy breathing. I don't know how that ended up happening. It didn't even look like she took any shots. Oh um, well, come on, she's the one who like you know acted like it was the end of the world because a car nudged her. Yeah, and so I just don't know what world he's living in. And it was funny though. I thought the funniest part was that some like as soon as she opened the door, he was like, "Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right." He was like, "I thought I had her back in the car," and it's like, and it, there can't be a resolution to no. this problem because nobody can turn the temperature down low enough that you can even understand what the other side's saying. Right, right. It's I don't even know how you would even begin to try mediate something like this right i don't either because it's like okay we're gonna mediate what's your name and it's like her name's dumb bitch like we're okay well right. we already started with Just that like offhand yeah you know maybe it would be something like a situation where it's almost like a, a phone call where one person is muted for like three minutes or something and then uh you switch off right yeah, or you have to do the full like long email thing. Yeah, but I don't think either of them. I've seen the I've seen the text messages they send to each other. Oh no! 
I can't imagine them actually penning a, co- uh, a comprehensive like essay no, on how they're feeling say, about this. No, I was going to say, nothing they say is going to be coherent enough because I think that's part of why their arguments are so ridiculous in the first place. It's not even like they're putting forth a coherent argument. It's a lot of, bitch, like, yeah. how dare you? You you <laughs> were, you know, and accusing each other and being petty and it's like just name calling and like, um, I'll kick your ass and just like these random threats. And it's like nothing that they are saying is really getting them to any kind of resolution. Because they don't want to be resolved. That's true. Yeah, like, that's true. Like his, his sisters really just want to – I'm going to be mad. At, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come for this lady until she goes away. Yeah. And that's all, that's all we want. And then she kind of is the same way. Monique is, well, I'm going to keep – they're going to be like this and I'm going to keep doing this until Derek decides she, to kick them to the curb and come back to us. Like that's both both of their plan. It's, it's just a, terrible a bad plan. plan. Bad plan. <laughs> yeah. All right. So speaking of at least plans, maybe probably a little bit of a better plan but maybe just a little bit. I have Justine and Michael. So we start with Justine telling Michael he looks cute mainly because he's dressed just like her again. So the plan for the day is to go see the doula. Michael wants to first, before that, make sure it's not going to be some like weird doula dude. But you know, once they figure it, once they ascertain that it's definitely going to be a woman, because I don't know that doula dude is a thing. Um, <laughs> he's still like isn't crazy about the idea of a doula because, first of all, she's had this is her fourth kid, so it's like I think I feel like you know what you're doing. It's his like what fifth kid, so he feels like he knows what he's doing. And like, what are they? they Got to rub their stomach, whatever. I get, he's got that. He can do whatever she can do. Yeah, but he wasn't even there for all these kids, you know. So, so. that's kind of Justine was like, okay, well, the first three times there wasn't really like a birth plan where I got to do what I wanted to do. It was just kind of like happened to me, and that's why she wants to do it now. She's like, I'm gonna have this is probably the last kid, maybe the last kid. I'm gonna do it the way I want to do it for once. So she thinks the doula is going to help her with that. So Michael is still skeptical because, again, he's like, eh, I don't know. I feel like I could still do that. So Justine says she wants to do everything as organic and natural as possible, even even as Michael mentions after the birth where they're going to use bamboo pampers. So soon they meet with Marissa the doula. She explains that there is – that she's there for mental, emotional, and spiritual support during like not just the birth but the whole birth year. So including breastfeeding and things like that. So Michael knew, wants to know if she's tied down to this location or if she can still help if they move, according to him, down south or Midwest, which confuses Justine because those are not the same place. And he was like, you know, down south, Midwest. And she was like, those are two different places and you've literally never mentioned the Midwest before. So the doesn't matter. Michael wants to move because they're in like the tri-state area and the biggest thing he wants is he wants to have land to build on. So apparently this is an ongoing thing because he can't seem to keep a consistent goal for exactly where he wants to go and he can find this land. So every time he like throws out a place, Justine starts looking into it. The next thing you know, he's throwing out some other place. So annoying. Yeah. So she feels like she's being jerked all over. He doesn't get why that matters though because all that matters to him is it's going to be his property. It's not going to be her property. Why does she have to worry about it at all? So, you know, I'm also – also – you know, he also thinks, well, you know, I have to deal with his doula, so I'm, we're totally compromising here. So the poor doula can like do nothing but sit in silence as they argue like literally about her in front of her. So then in commercial segment, we get some of the other services that Marissa provides like placental services as in, you know, eating the placenta, which just grosses Michael out. So Justine though, 
she loves the idea and she makes it sounds like she's wants Michael to do it too and possibly will do it through chicory if she has to. Gross. But yeah, the placental art that Marissa makes might be a bit too much for both of them. So after the duel, they get home and they sit all the kids together on the couch. So Justine wants to make sure that the kids are part of the plan on where they want to live. But things do get a little dicey when Mike goes to hug uh, the kids and Santana instead like pushes them away and kicks them in the stomach. So then he kind of – then Santana is like, why am I always the one in trouble? Justine says he's having a hard time adjusting to the living situation. So we get some flashbacks from the first episode when – um, Santana was like mad that Michael didn't have to follow the rules about eating on the couch and then was like, I'm never calling that guy dad. So turns out that Justine recently found out that Santana is actually on the autism spectrum, which makes this kind of new social situation especially hard for him. So but then Michael does decides to bring up in a conversation about them all moving and all how they want to be involved in the decision. So Kylie asks about the timeline. That's her priority because – she wants to finish high school before they move and Michael agrees with that because she's graduating soon. So they want to move over the summer after Kylie graduates. So he runs some options past them. Florida, Texas, Georgia, Nevada he throws out there. None of which, by the way, are in the Midwest. Like right. none of them. So he thinks of these places they could get more bang for their buck housing-wise. So after family vote, uh, Vegas seems to have the edge but there's still a lot of things to consider like schools and things like that. So after the kids go to bed, Michael starts up a discussion about Santana's behavior, specifically the disrespectful way he talks to Justine. So she says he's learned that basically from the way his father talked to her and it's going to take him some time to unlearn this behavior. Um, that And Michael says, you know, I don't want to scare him, mistreat anyone. But, you know, then brings up if I'm disrespect, if my kids disrespect me, they'll feel my wrath, mm. which is a weird old-timey way of putting it. All right. So I guess from this one, where if – where do you think they'll end up moving, if at all? I don't know. Are they even allowed to move? I feel like the last time this was brought up was um, – didn't Michael like want to go to Vegas to record or something and then he found out that he couldn't really leave the state? So yeah. it was like – so it's like I – could we like back up and like – inform us what the heck is happening with that first right because he couldn't even go see his kids in rhode island and that's right. the part that's the part that gets me about this mm-hmm. he has like four kids in rhode island right and he's gonna just move to texas just because he feels like he wants a bigger house yeah like that seems crazy to me right so i don't know i feel like there's a lot more logistic stuff and i feel like this is Somewhat of a faux, uh, you know, plot line because it's like, well, how far can we really go down this path? And I do find it very frustrating. Like, I get where Justine's coming from. Like, I'm a planner, too. So if someone kept on changing the plan and I've already invested all this time and effort into research and coming up with some great options, they're like, "Ah, let's try this state instead. You're just like, ah. Right. Well, you could tell Justine like looked at Vegas and she looked at the schools that the kids could go to, like the charter schools and the options in there. And she had all this plan. And then he's like, what about like Georgia or the Midwest? He doesn't know where the Midwest is. That bothered me. Yeah. Yeah, but I agree that, you know, it's like – and I think like in the process of, you know, researching things and finding some good options and I think really, you know, accepting that this is like what you're going to do, you kind of get excited about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like, ooh, there's good houses here. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you're you're pretty much crushing her dream every time. At that point, if I were Justine, I would just be like, all right, I'm done. Like, <sighs> you figure it out, and then I get to veto. Yeah. But I don't know. I I, I don't I don't know that that would work. Because she he wants to she wants to figure out the schools and everything else, right? Yeah. Um I can see him being like, all right, when you finally made a decision about the the area at least. Yeah. Because he also said like Texas. Texas is huge. Right. Like. What part of Texas? What part That's, of Texas? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in Texas. A lot of stuff not in Texas. What are you going to work when you get there? Like all of these things that are just like all he thinks of is, yeah, but the real estate's cheap. You know why real estate is usually cheap in places? Right. Because no one wants to live there. And there's yeah. a reason why they don't want to live there, whether it's. You know, what's around, weather, uh, you know, the kind of people. Uh, and jobs. Shared values. <laughs> sure. You know, he's going to get his music career going in, in freaking El Paso. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah. Michael is fr- frustrating me right now. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking and the poor, of and the people poor who are frustrating me, <laughs> gosh – Probably my least favorite right now is probably Chance. So Chance literally doesn't start off on the right foot by mocking Taylor's big feet uh, when he tells her that he invited his son to come visit and he's going to pay for the ticket. Taylor tells him that he should have run it by her first and Chance says that he wasn't about to tell his son he needed to ask his girlfriend's permission because the way he sees it, She doesn't really have a right uh, or have a say-so in anything he does, at least until they get married. This upsets Taylor as she says if she doesn't get a say-so now, there won't be any wedding. Because, as she admits to us, she's worried about how much debt Chance actually has. Chance says that he's used to being independent, and Taylor asks him if he told his son they're having a baby. And that they have other priorities, and that maybe buying a ticket isn't the thing that they should be doing right now. Taylor then has concerns about how his son, Ethan, will feel about Chance being a soon-to-be father and a father figure to his future stepchildren when he wasn't really there for Ethan growing up. Chance hopes that Ethan will see his effort, and that's why he invited him. Chance hasn't seen Ethan since he was two. Ethan rolls up in a car, and Chance is nervous to make a good impression. Ethan is kind of quiet and Chance gives him a tour and shows him a crib and just kind of casually mentions that they're having a child. This is news to Ethan as he congratulates him but wonders if he's any better at making decisions as he seems to be overwhelmed with the kids he has and offers to take him to a strip club. Ethan thought that he would never have met his dad. His mom told him that his real dad was in prison when he was 13, and before that, he always thought this guy Lloyd was his dad. And by the way, he's kind of happy that Lloyd isn't really his dad. They get emotional as Chance tells him now he had uh, how he had an injury and got addicted to pain pills. Ethan reveals his addiction to spending money. Chance admits that savings is a foreign concept to him. Ethan is happy he's able to make it up with his new family and still try with him. Chance tells us that he's proud that Ethan didn't grow up to be like him, even though it's pretty clear they're both terrible with money. Later, everyone is out for a nice fancy family dinner. Taylor thinks that Chance is trying to impress Ethan with the nice restaurant because they can't really afford it. Chance invites himself to visit Ethan, but Ethan is worried about how his mom would think about it. 
Taylor is getting annoyed that Chance keeps asking about Ethan's mom, and she's feeling a little bit jealous. Chance then makes an announcement that they've decided on a name for the baby. It's Mason Carter. He claims that it's a old family name, but Taylor tells us in an interview that she doesn't know why Chance lies about some of the stuff he lies about, but the reality is they got this name off of a custom blanket. When the check comes, they're having to split the bill on several credit cards, which has put Taylor in a bad mood. She doesn't trust Chance with financial decisions. She says he's been working a lot of overtime lately, and she's wondering where that money is going. So she knows something is going on behind her back. All right. So we have definitely seen an evolution of Taylor and like her like feelings towards Chance. Right. Do you think yeah. that this is pregnancy related or do you really think that she is like opening her eyes to ch- the reality of dealing with chance? It might be both. Um, it could be the pregnancy that I don't know to blame like baby hormones, but the pregnancy is like, oh, we really need to plan some things. It's like, oh, even now he's still shitty. Like, yeah, I thought it was before, you know, he was just out like. You know, trying to get stuff figured out and, and, and working and like, oh, trying to figure out how the world works. And she's like, no, he should have it by now. Like we should – and this is a time that we should really be digging down and doing things right and he should stop doing this crap and he's still doing this stupid crap. Yeah. Well, I think the thing that was kind of telling to me that I, I feel like the pregnancy maybe has made her a little less patient with him. Okay, Because yeah. she seems like – I mean, at least from what we saw, she just seems like a very sweet person who has a lot of patience for him. And even when, you know, something he does really annoys her, like the amount of restraint, you can almost see it on her face sometimes of like thinking of the right things to say. I mean, but now it just doesn't even seem like she's really trying all that much. She's just like, whatever, like, I don't trust you. I'm going to unleash whatever it is. I don't care if you think that I'm in a bad mood. But what I thought was really interesting, as stupid as this is, like the whole name thing, right? Yeah. Like, no, I, I thought the name thing was very telling. Absolutely. I thought so too. And the fact that Taylor like knows what's up, you know, she's just like, I don't know why he lies about stupid shit. You know, it's like that is completely unmeaningful how you got the name. Why can't you just say that you liked the name? Right. But instead you make up that it's this old family name. It's like. Right. And so I think she's starting to realize this guy's full of shit. He has been telling me lies this entire time or, you know, and it's like for insignificant things. And so it's I don't even think it's that she doesn't trust him with money. She doesn't trust him. Right. It's like you can't you can't not lie about something that you have no gain in lying about. Right. There's no gain in lying to about this, about where you come up with the baby name. None at all. Like. It's pointless. It is a stupid lie to tell for no reason. Right. And if that's what if you're gonna if you're willing to lie about that, then you're willing to lie about anything. Right. So how can I trust anything you say? Yeah. Right. And it and so I I thought it I, I do think it's very telling. Like he is, but it also shows me how like ridiculously insecure he is. Mm-hmm. Right? That he doesn't think that a name he doesn't think it's even good enough that he liked a name. It has right. to have a story. It has to have a reason. It has to be something that a smart person would do. Like, right? And so it's it's 
Yeah, it, it was it was a lot. And so like everything I believe with his with his son too is just like what? Because she knows he's hiding something because he's not that slick. No, he's not. Yeah, I mean, and I think she's, uh, you know, she. I think she knows him more than, you know, he thinks she does. Like, he, yeah, he does. He thinks he's, like, smarter than her, right? Like, he's yes. so good at hiding things. He's so good at hiding these bills in the bathroom. So right. good at, like, hiding these phone conversations that he's having, he's having, you know? But it's like, I don't – I think she knows him and she's on to him and more intuitive than he gives her credit for. Yes. Um, and so I also think that – I mean, he's also smarter that thinks he knows how to make money better than she does. Yeah, I know, right? right? But yeah, I think – but I also know, know that she knows him well enough that if she like directly confronts him about it, it's not going to work. You have to kind of yeah. like just be like, well, OK. I see what's going on. I know what's happening. I mean right. I mostly just felt bad for the, the, for, for the poor son this yeah. whole time. Like this was us. It's never going to be not awkward to meet the guy that you didn't even know your father – who was your father until you were 13 right. and then never met, right? That, that's not going to be – a comfortable meeting for anybody but like man it's like he goes out of his way to make it uncomfortable <laughs> i know so right i was thinking this whole like interaction it did seem like he was really going out of his way to impress ethan but in right. a way that i think is like really transparent and yes. it just it comes off as like you are trying way too hard right um because I mean, on a multiple levels, because like he had the the he kept like making jokes about going to this strip club. It's like what yeah. a weird thing, right? To, to make jokes, he's trying about. to be like, like a cool dad. Like I don't really understand what he was yeah. trying to do there. And then like introduced the fact that like he was having they're having a baby, yeah, right. Which we've seen kind of does doesn't sit well with with um with siblings and things that have that have felt like they were rejected by their parents to be like right. yeah you weren't good enough for me, but this one is. Like, yeah. I'm going to be with this one, right? And it's just like, oh, yeah, here's the crib. By the way, we're having a baby. Like I know. It's like you could have told him before. Like, let's not drop that bomb. And drop it isn't like – not even like, oh, just so you know. It's like, oh, yeah, here's the crib. He's like, the crib? He's like, yeah, for the baby we're going to have to replace you. It's like, right. what? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's so awkward for Ethan. I felt bad for him. Yeah. I mean, and then it's happening to sit there while they – Take you to a fancy restaurant and then clearly have to split it among like four credit cards. Right. Oh my gosh. I would have also would be been pissed. And it's like, mortified. why does Chance think like, were you upset? It's like, really? Wow, you are <laughs> clueless. You are clueless. Oh my God. The idea of like, because I've had credit cards get rejected just because they were broken. Like the sure. chip was broken or something sure. like that, right? So it's not like I've That's been in embarrassing enough. I know. That's and you're embarrassing just like, enough. and I have money. Yeah. I was like, there was plenty of money on it, and I was like, but I can, I usually have a second one that I can be like, use this one instead. It's fine, but I've never, but like, when you do that, you're when you have to split it among five, you're admitting like, no, nope, you can't even, you can't even play the oh that card, the strip must be broken, it must be a defective reader. You have to be like, no, we just have fifty dollars on all our, left on all our credit cards, yeah. which is not fun. Yeah, that is ridiculous. All right. So that leaves everybody. We didn't see Lindsay and Blaine or Eris and Cameron. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. So a little bit uh, longer stuff. Uh, we're just getting started, right? This is only like the third episode. Three. I have episode three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
I think Blaine stays out of prison and I hope Lindsay does too. <laughs> so hopefully they're not cut short. And yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, out of the group we saw this week, who would you say is your student of the week? I said Taylor. Just for kind of confirming what we had thought where she's just like, yeah, I can't marry this guy and take on his unknown debts. Like that is literally the oh, thing that's I keeping me from getting married. No, right I now. absolutely agree with you. It's like I appreciate – and this is why I say I, I've enjoyed the evolution that we've seen of Taylor, right? Because at the beginning, she did seem like this kind of naive, like, oh, someone take charge. Tell me what to do. She def- And I feel like that's – it seemed like her and Chance – kind of seem like a good match that way because even though he doesn't know what he's doing he doesn't know what he likes to pretend he does and you know it almost like feeds his ego to be with someone like taylor just kind of goes along with everything but i have really enjoyed seeing her in her own small and large ways like stand up to him like no we're not getting married right now (laughs) well you want you want to get married then you gotta let me start having a say so now you know, right. Well, I did like the say so. I did like the say so. She's like, well, I'm not going to tell my son that I need my girlfriend to say so. She's like, she's why like, wouldn't yeah, you, you? Do. Because you do. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know. And she is like, you could just tell she's over this bullshit. And so it's like, yeah, good for you. And I don't blame you. You sh- Just because you're having a baby with this person, you don't need to compound the bad decisions here by getting married to the dude as well. Right. Because, yeah, she would – because, yeah, his his previous debts before there, before right now, any debts that he has now mm-hmm. would be – would not be hers, but – Yeah, like, like it's he's, like he's going to curb stop. the spending once yeah. they're together. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow like, uh, you know, he would try to start getting joint cards with her name on it, right? Ooh, right, right. Because she has better – we can get more – we can get higher credit limit if your name's on right. it. Right. Yeah. 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 So I could see him trying to do that and be like, mm, no. I don't want any kind of – I don't want anything to do with you. No, I wouldn't want anything to do with any of his credit. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. All right. Who was your dunce? Uh, I said um, Eric. Yeah. Um, can I, and not one of the named characters, but like he's awful. Like, And he clearly cheated on her and then is like lying to us about everything's great. Heather can't get between us. There's nothing there. It's like mm, I feel like we have – Proof. Like at least I guess we're trusting Puppy that she did hear what she heard. We didn't we didn't actually get the audio, but Right, you know. right. Yeah, and but it, I mean, even lying to her mom, you know, it's one thing to like, you know, lie, but it's like you're lying to her mom. And you know, just be like honestly, if I were him and it's like you don't even have to lie to her, just take a back seat, let puppy answer. Yeah. You know, right. like, why are you trying to take over? Be like, everything's fine. Everything's great between us. It's like, just shut up. That's not your mom. Right. But that's 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 another one of the abuser behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. Is deciding, nope, I'll speak for you. We'll, we'll right? Right, so. right. So I actually went with Elizabeth. I mean, surprise, surprise. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah, lying yeah. to Derek about not wanting to get in a fight, but who's charging who, you know, so – yeah, she just has been the most wanting to fight person I think we've ever seen on the show. Like from the beginning, she yeah. was like, "This woman wants to fight someone." Like, I don't know. That Ty includes, in Boston, though. I was gonna say that includes the guy who uh, knocked the other dude out within like three minutes of seeing him. Oh God! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin and uh, Curtis. Yeah, 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 exactly. 
God, yeah. I guess there are a lot of those, but um, I I don't know if as much has been built up, but it is really frustrating to kind of see these kinds of arguments, like because it's like there's a lot of yelling, and there's you don't even really know what they're yelling about. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's very hard to recap them. Right. Oh, very hard. It's like indistinct yelling. That, okay, that's pretty much. And even if I can get the words, you're like your words don't make any sense nah. in context. In context, yeah. it's just because you're basically just nothing. streaming together a bunch of like profanities and insults. Right. Like, yeah. bitch, I'll fight you, bitch, kick your ass, bitch. And it's just like, I mean, this, oh my sound, this sounds very similar to the road rage incident I had recently where oh somebody felt I did them wrong and like went down the road just screaming things at me. Like, I'll rip your ass. You pull over. I'll whip your ass. I'll go get you. You think you can do it? I'm like, you aren't even <laughs> saying anything. Like, <laughs> right. This is right. not an argument. This is not a persuasive thing that you're doing here, man. No. All right. So uh, who, what was your life lesson then this week? Uh, so I feel like when you're meeting your long lost son, you have to have some kind of better plan than I'm just going to show up and take him to a – I don't know. I don't even know what the plan was. Did he have activities strip planned? Club. Is Where are you going to stand? The strip club? Like I feel like the way you impress people is by not just being, oh, I don't know what you want to do. What do you want to do? I don't know what you want to do. Oh, I guess we'll uh, go to the strip club. Ha ha. Like it yeah. seems like if, – especially if you're going to make such a big deal about like I'm doing this. Can't tell me I can't see my son. I'm going to buy that plane ticket just so he can what? Sit around the house and like awkwardly just be like, I didn't even know you were my dad until I was 13. Yeah, like, it seems like there could have been a lot of, uh, you know, pre-planning. Like, what kinds of things are you into? Are you into nature? Are you into, like, sports? Are you, you know, something where he could have maybe got a list of interests to help him? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, my life lesson also for Chance, uh, you shouldn't be going out to dinner if you have to split the cost onto multiple cards. And you should know that before you go. Right, right. I mean, in general, you should know if you have enough money to do things before you actually do them. Like, having your card decline shouldn't be like, oh, I guess I didn't have enough money to do that. It's like, no, you should know that before. Yes, and especially because I've I've never been anywhere near close to having my cards that – maxed out that i couldn't oh put a i mean i'm sure i did like when i was first out of college because my credit line was like 500 bucks on something <sighs> you know and it sounds like him right and i know right. that was like it seems like so long ago for me uh because it kind of was but for him it's like he was probably in the same place as a typical recent college graduate right meaning doesn't have like an established employment history like doesn't have established credit so even though he's like what 37 38 years old he's like basically like he's like that is true because i remember being in college how they used to have like fill out this credit card application get a t-shirt right it was like all like you get all everywhere I was mad when they started because I used to I used to do it and put fake information on the card uh-huh. and then take my T-shirt knowing that it would never get mailed to me and my name wasn't on it and it wasn't my real social security number. It was like everything was fake. Um, but then they started checking them like right there at the table. Uh, be like, yeah. you're approved. Here's your T-shirt. I was like, oh, I no. I think I ever got free anything for signing up for a credit card. I think I was just excited to sign up for a credit card when I was 18. I, th- I want to say that my first credit card had like a – 
max limit of like $500. And I, maybe, I mean, and especially like being in college, cause that was a different time. You know, it was like, I wasn't really working. Like my credit cards like were close to being maxed several times, you know? So, but at the same time, it's like, knowing that my credit cards are almost max i'm not going out to a crazy dinner where it's like oh well i have like just a few you know tens of dollars on these cards i'm gonna split them up like five different ways like that that's uh, irresponsible not even me young me was that irresponsible he like knew i think there should be 50 on this one there should be 30 on this one it's like wow that's 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 a very different world than i've lived in for sure Definitely. All right. So uh, we will be back with the same group next week and maybe we will see some of our uh, – oh, maybe we'll even see Brittany and Marcelino because they're supposed to Oh, right. To appear we haven't even seen them point. yet. Yeah. 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 Crazy. All right. So until then, we'll be All back. Right. Okay. See everybody then. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.